Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. Jesus said they'll know you're my disciples by how you love one another. He said the world will know the truthfulness of our proclamation. In John 17, 23, I am in them, you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Now that last statement just baffles my mind. The Father loves the Son with the same love that He loves us. When we accept Jesus' sacrifice in our lives, God calls us His sons and daughters. So therefore we are now adopted into His family. We are His children. Now having said that, think about how much God loves His Son, Jesus. And now think about how much God loves you, just as much as He loves His Son. Mind-blowing, right? Pastor Ed's message today is about loving each other in the same way that we have been loved by our Father in Heaven. And that's a lot of love to share. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Love One Another. Jesus was forming a new community. This new community was going to be the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. And they were going to have a unique love for each other that was formed by a relationship with Jesus Christ. His redemptive love was explosive in their lives and it helped them to love each other. Tertullian, one of the early church fathers, noted that the critics of the church would say how those Christians love one another. They even love other Christians that they hadn't met. You know that's true. You're on the train in New York City and all of a sudden you see somebody with a Bible. You know they're not a Jehovah Witness. But you you know they're a Christian, you know. and, and And you just know they love the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden there's this connection. You meet somebody at an airport. You go on vacation. Oh, you're a believer. There's that connection. God put that. God created that. God developed that in our lives. But you know, it's not always easy to love those in the community of faith. Because you know them. Oh, yeah. It's so easy to love people we don't know. But those that are close by us, we see their flaws, we know their faults, we've observed their weaknesses. In fact, perhaps They've rubbed us the wrong way. A pastor tells a story of taking a team of people from his church in Ohio, and they went to Kentucky, and there in Kentucky, they were rebuilding some broken-down poverty areas, and they were serving as a church and doing a great work, and at the end of that time, the pastor from that community came to them, and they began to talk, and... and, uh, The pastor shared, he said, you know, I can't really take my people into the local community here to help. Because once they see friends and neighbors, they said, they don't deserve help. They got that into that situation themselves. Ah, that that, that shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't help them. They don't deserve it. He said, I have to take the people outside the area where they don't know people because they'll show more compassion. Isn't it true that sometimes people wear our patience thin? We know them. 
We'll go the second, the third, the fourth mile for somebody we don't know, but somebody we know. Well, it reminds me of a little melody, the little ditty that says, to dwell above with saints we love, oh, that will be sure, sure to be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. But once you start giving love, Once you take the command of Jesus seriously, you may say, Lord, I don't feel like loving this person. I don't feel like doing the loving thing. But you know it's a command, and so you do it. Who said you have to feel like doing a command to do it? You just do it. And as you do it, you find that God fills your heart with love. As you do the right thing, the right feelings follow. Someone has said, uh, love is like the five loaves and two fish. It doesn't start to multiply until you give it away. As you give it away. As you begin loving people in this congregation, in this community, and serving people. As you begin doing those things, you will find that love multiplies in your heart and multiplies in this community of faith. Jesus said a new commandment. A new command. Well, wait a minute. In the Old Testament, we're told to love God, right? We're told to love our neighbor. In fact, Leviticus 19.18 says, Never seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Well, how is it new then? Well, I believe it's new in this way. Jesus gave us an example of what he meant by love. He took it to a whole nother level. He raised the standard up. His life modeled what love was going to be like. And so when he says a new commandment, well, he's going to show us what a new love is all about. He's raising it to a completely another level. I know that uh, in verse 34... A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Notice the text, as I have loved you. He gave us this example. He said, follow me. Do what I've done. Notice, I, as I have loved you. How has God loved you? How many chances has he given you? How many times has he forgiven you? How many times has he put your sins behind Put it in the past when you've gone to him in repentance and asked for forgiveness. In the book of Ephesians, Paul said a similar thing when he said in 5.2, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Follow Christ's example. Live a life of love. Jesus' life was redemptive. He bought us back. He rescued us. He redeemed us. That was a life that he lived. It was a redemptive love. In John 15, verses 12 to 13, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. That he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life And he's asking you to do the same for others. It's not all about you. It's all about him. 
It's not about gathering and getting and living for ourselves. It's about living for him. He said, love one another. How? Love each other redemptively. Be willing to lay down your lives. C.S. Lewis said, though our feelings come and go, his love for us does not. He's not wearied by our sins or our indifference and therefore it is quite relentless in its determination that we shall be cured of those sins at whatever the cost to us at whatever the cost to him and that's from mere Christianity it costs Jesus greatly suffering on the cross it will cost you to follow him and exhibit redemptive love Someone has said, if you love, you will suffer. And if you do not love, you do not know the meaning of the Christian life. Agatha Christie. If you love, you're going to suffer. People will take advantage of you at times. Now, I'm not saying being a welcome mat. I don't mean that. I don't mean just erase boundaries and let people take advantage of you. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that you listen to the voice of God and sometimes you've got to get counsel so that you can distinguish his voice because sometimes we hear, not clearly because of our subjectivity, but you listen to God and God begins to tell you, this is how you're to love, this is how you are to help people change. Didn't his story change your life? God's story intersecting with your story, Jesus embracing the story of your life created a brand new story. God asked you to walk into the story, the life of other people, and change it. To demonstrate redemptive love so that their lives will be changed. I think about... uh, That child that is away from God and that parent just prays and prays and prays. And sometimes it's years, sometimes it's decades, and sometimes it's sending a letter, making a phone call. I think about that spouse who continually loves that other spouse, their partner, who begins to distance themselves. And they keep on loving and keep on showing concern. There's not this sense of retaliation in their life. I think about the spiritual leader in the church who looks for the wanderer, the person who's going astray. God puts somebody on your heart and you do that. True love is always costly. It always will cost you. From John Eldridge, he said, Have you ever had to turn a lover over to a mortal enemy to allow her to find out for herself what his intentions to her really were? Have you ever had to lie in bed knowing she was believing his lies and was intimate with him every night? Have you ever sat helplessly by in the parking lot while your enemy and his friends took advantage of your lover, even when you sat nearby, unable to win her heart enough so that she would trust you to rescue her? Have you ever called this one you had loved for so long and asked her if she was ready to come back to you, only to have her say her heart was still captured by your enemy? 
Have you ever watched your lover's beauty slowly fade in the haze of alcohol, drugs, occult practices, and infant sacrifices until she's no longer recognizable in body or soul? For those of you who are biblically literate, think of the story of Hosea and Gomer at that point. An illustration of God's love for the backslider. And he goes on to say, have you ever loved one so much that you even sent your only son to talk with her about your love for her, knowing that he will be killed by her? That's what God did for you. That's what God did for me. And Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. As I have loved you, you love others. Jesus was leaving and he knew his church had to go on. He knew that his church had to continue. It was the most important message of the world would ever hear that Jesus died on the cross and suffered for man's sins. And he knew that unless they loved one another, they would fragment and disperse and break up. And so he said, this is a new commandment I give you. Love one another as I Think about Jesus and you. Think about all his patience with you. As I have loved you, it was redeeming love. Not only redeeming love, but reconciling love. In 1 Peter 4, 8, it says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. There are some people that like to flaunt the faults of others. They lift them up to pull them down. It's a sport to them to pick critically at their flaws. I think of Noah and his sons. How the youngest son comes in and makes fun of his father as his father is naked because he was drunk. And the two older brethren walk backwards and they cover their father's body lest he be shamed. Uh, Love covers a multitude of sins. There are people who just love others so much that they don't maximize their weaknesses and flaws and faults, but they look to help them. These disciples were different from one another. They conflicted with each other. That's been in the beginning of the church and it'll be to the end of the church because we're all flawed with feet of clay. We're all in the process of becoming. And because of that, these flaws, we we rub each other wrong. Uh, Jesus, he knows how once people get to know each other, they get to grow distant. Because everybody disappoints you. Only one will never disappoint you, and that's God. Everybody, once you know people and you get to know them, Boy, I, I see this floor and that floor and the other floor and the other. But Jesus said, as I, as I, as I have loved you, so love one another. It's a reconciling love. It brings people together. One of the uh, characteristics of Pastor Greco that I admired so was his ability to bring hot-tempered Italians together. 
I was in an Italian church, you know, I'm part Italian, so I could say that. So they'd be fighting, you know, they'd go into his office and they'd be reconciled. They'd walk out of the office like they were best friends. And I remember saying to Pastor Greco, Pastor, would you lay hands on me, pray for me? I want that anointing. <laughs> and, and he prayed over me and I, and I said, Lord, I'm going to take that anointing because I'm going to need it at church work. <laughs> but it was a tragedy when Pastor Greco died. Others came in the church and they didn't have that same philosophy. And people who were friends for years scattered and fought and separated. Well, you've seen it. Church fights can be the ugliest and the most hurtful and the most heart-wrenching. And so that's why Jesus said, love one another. It's a reconciling love. Love is like a medicine. In fact... uh, Someone has said, love is the power to act each other into well-being. I love that. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Love is the power to act each other into well-being. As you love people, yeah, they don't deserve your love, but you didn't deserve God's love. As you do that, you help people get healthy. In fact, Carl Menninger said, love cures people, both the ones who give it and the ones who receive it. It really, truly does. It does something inside of people. Jesus gave us the command because he knew we needed it. We can't do it on our own. We're fallen. We're filled with flaws and faults. So he commanded us to love one another. It was a a new commandment. And that new commandment meant that he showed us by example what it meant to love one another. Jesus not only gave us an example to follow for loving one another, but Jesus gave us a promise to be realized when we love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. They're going to know that you're my follower. They're going to know that you're a Christian. They're going to know that you know God. God puts a supernatural love inside of us. And when that love comes out, People can see God. They can see Christ. The world will know the truthfulness of our profession by how we love. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. didn't say, they'll know you're my disciples by your knowledge of the Bible. People sometimes get knowledge of the Bible and they use it like a sledgehammer just to pound other people down. You know, uh, people somehow get puffed up with their knowledge of all these facts. No, no. He didn't say people are going to know you're my disciples by your knowledge. Knowledge is a good thing, but it needs to be tempered by love. They're going to know you're my disciples by the way you love people. When we love people... We're expressing God's power and we're going to change the course of their lives. That's God's way of witnessing to you. It's not the eloquence of the preacher. It's not the beauty of the choir. It's not the, well, it's not anything. Not even a beautiful facility. Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples by how you love one another. He said, the world will know the truthfulness of our proclamation. In John 17, 23, I am in them, you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them 
as much as you love me. Now that last statement just baffles my mind. The father loves the son with the same love that he loves us. I I don't comprehend that, Pastor. But it says it. Amazing love. How can it be that God should love a sinner such as me? When the church has that type of love in it, people know that God the Father sent Jesus Christ to die for man's sins. That's what the Bible is telling us at this point. It's telling us the world will know, Jesus is praying his high priestly prayer, the world will know that you sent me. How will they know that by the unity in the church, by the love we have for one another in The writings of Paul, Paul says, love knits us together. It creates this family, this unity in the church. People from various ethnic backgrounds, from various social economic backgrounds, with different stories in their life, all come together, get along together. How? How does it happen? It's love. It's God's love working in and through you, connecting us together as a body of believers. Love, not the law, is the greatest cleanser. Think about that. God's patience with you. I mean, he loves you, loves you. you, You'd fall down and he didn't want to, get up again but God picks you up and then you fall down and then he picks you up again and you strain here and then he calls you finally you just break oh God what a lover you are you are the lover of my soul he begins to change you on the inside and when we love people it does something to them when they see God's love in you loving them it changes them It changes them. It changes them. For me to live is Christ, Paul told us. And he wrote 1 Corinthians 13, the great love chapter that came out of Christianity, that came out of a relationship with God. I don't think any husband can love his wife or wife love her husband the way we're meant to do it. Or parents love their children or children their parents or people without God's help because all of us have been impacted by the fall and so that's why Jesus gave us this great commandment this 11th commandment he said I command you not an option this new community the ecclesia the called out ones the church love one another as I have loved A redeeming love, picking people up, paying the price. It'll cost you reconciling people to one another. That's what this communion table is about. And then the world, they're going to know. Because there's a promise to be embraced, to be realized as we love one another. It's the greatest witness. Because when people feel it, and when they see it, and when they experience it, they want to be a part of it. Like the old song said, what the world needs now is love. Love. God's love, really. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's look at the Gospel of John. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select today's date from the Voice of Faith media plan. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or a friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Gospel of John right here on Voice of Faith.